0: All hey, right, welcome twenty two oh nine to the Trucked Up podcast. This is Michael Scott. Nelson's here too, right? And uh, we have Mark as De La Garza or De, De, La, Gar- De La Garza. De La Garza. Uh, he used to work at the plant here. Um, he's got some pretty cool stuff coming up going on, so he's here to talk to us today about that. Um, yeah. All right, so we got Mark here, and uh, Mark used to work at the plant. Well, where, what did you do when you worked here in the plant? As a
1: team leader in the material department. Okay, and. Uh, For 27 years, I've been here in Fort Wayne. Well, at the time, it's probably been 37 now. But uh, I retired in 2014. Okay. Been retired for eight years.
0: Where did you work uh, before you came to Fort Wayne? In Janesville. Okay. Okay.
1: I started in Janesville, I think at six-year mark, I moved here. Okay.
0: Uh, You hired in around 1980 then, you said? Yeah. Okay.
2: Are you one of those 85s?
1: No. No? (laughs) No, I was before them.
2: Oh, okay. I think they're the
1: ones that took our spot up in in Janesville when we moved. There were 1,200 families that moved from Janesville to Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. So people had to take those jobs up there and keep that place running.
0: No, they told when did us, they close it.
1: Oh, it, was, it was like nine or something when they yeah, finally closed the was A like lot later than when they told us <laughs> they were going to close it. You know, they stayed open and kept getting new products and mm. kept going for a lot longer. I don't, right. I still don't think I could have retired there. Okay. And I have no regrets about moving here. Yeah. It was a good move. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sometimes people get really scared of uh, transferring or moving. Oh, well, mm. if and you it's got a family,
1: it. it's a big move. Exactly. Exactly. And but it,
2: sometimes it's good.
1: And there were a lot of people that jumped ship and went back. Yeah. But
0: well, you're from New York. Do you regret moving down here?
2: Uh, no. 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 I mean, I love New York. I love Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But uh, the cost of living is a lot better here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, you know, I miss yeah. my kids, but my kids, are, they're in college. You know, they're in New York City now. So okay. it's, it's a long haul to go down there. Yeah. But I, I don't miss the plant. No. It was just so – at a motor plant, it's unsettling. You never know yeah. – when you're gonna have product or when you're not okay. you never know when new product's gonna come in and now can you imagine working at a, a motor plant and the evs are now right right
0: yeah it's definitely scary times yeah. for them yeah. yeah so um you're retired in 2014 so what have you been doing with your time since
1: i started out playing golf a lot okay and uh i uh I run I've been running the Summit City slugger since 1995 okay and that's kind of grown and grown since I retired mm-hmm. and in about four years ago we bought our own training facility Wow so it's at 5730 Bluffton Road in Fort Wayne right by Bulbics. Okay, really not too far from here and uh, got that going and you know, it started out with me running one team and then another guy jumped in and Another guy jumped in and we had three teams and then we just kind of grew. And right okay. now we're at 14 teams. It's probably as big as we've ever been.
0: How many kids do you guys have that you...
1: Some, it's, I think it's 162. Okay. Someone told me it was 181, but I'll, we'll run with 162. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a challenge. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a little more than I bargained for, but it's still a good challenge. Keeps you young, you know. Yeah.
0: So this is like a uh, youth baseball type of thing that i played as a kid or is this like traveling baseball
1: well they call it a travel they call it travel baseball now and i haven't been able to change that i look at more as a developmental process because that's what we're trying to do is help give kids an opportunity and a place to get better okay you know it's uh the travel industry has turned into just that an industry it's a big time deal it's a big money maker and I've tried to avoid that, but you get caught up in it, and right. next thing you know, it's what you're doing. So uh,
0: you guys do travel. What's um, we were talking about this earlier, but you guys said you said you guys just got back from a tournament in uh, Tennessee, right?
1: Yeah, we were in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we left last Wednesday and got back Sunday.
0: Okay. Um, what is the age range of the kids that you guys coach?
1: We have uh, at the boys' level, we have uh, 10 through 17. Okay. And at the girls, we have 12 through 18. Oh, you guys
0: do um, a yeah. girls too. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. How many other leagues or teams do you guys play in Fort Wayne? You said you have 14 teams, so I'm sure you guys play each other, right?
1: Not so often, no. Really? Uh, occasionally, we'll – like we have two 11-year-old teams, and they'll play each other. Okay. Um, the high school-age teams will play each other okay. once. You know, just as a midweek practice game. Oh, okay. And uh, – but otherwise, there's teams
0: in Fort Wayne. Most of it's playing kids outside of the area. You, you guys, they either travel here and you guys play somebody from Ohio or something. Or
1: We'll do that when we go on go to a tournament. Oh, but okay. If we, like today, we're going to play at Huntington University. Oh, okay. And there's a team coming up from Indy. Mm-hmm. The coach of that team went to Huntington University. Okay. So he was looking for a way to bring his kids back and right. show them where he went to school. So we... We're going to play there today. We scheduled this back last fall. Okay, okay.
2: so you're a program, not you. You call it a program, not a league.
1: Right, it's a program.
2: It's a program. So because if it's a league, you're set on who you play and everything else. Right. You guys pick up games wherever. Yeah, right. You can't right.
1: Always, yeah, there's always other teams that want to play. Okay. Yeah. And That's, what what
2: what made you get into the Summit City Sluggers?
1: <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it kind of evolved. I started out being that guy to coach his son. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my son left and went to college, you know, and my neighbor was coaching a team, and he didn't want to do it anymore. So he said, would you take over our team? So I took over that team, and that team turned out to be really good. Mm. And it was really fun to coach. So I just kind of kept going, you know, and – I've had some, I've had a lot of good experiences. It's been rewarding, mm-hmm. you know, when you see a kid get better and when you see a kid that has dreams and his dreams come true and you help them, that's mm-hmm. kind of rewarding, you know.
0: Do you guys have any, like, big success stories that kids have gone through your program and got, like, a scholarship or something at oh, college? Yeah. Yep. That's the whole goal when they get right. to the high
1: school level is if you're in high school... And you don't want to play in college. You're kind of wasting your money doing this. I see. You know, so my goal is isn't about wins and losses. Mm-hmm. It's about how many kids how much growth move on can you and,
0: give them, and how far can you help push them.
1: Right. Yeah. And we have uh, we have two kids that played in the in the big leagues. Wow. And one uh, was Jared Parker. He was in that class where I took over that team, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he was a first round pick. Wow. In 2007 out of Norwell High School. Okay. And uh, he went on and played. He got five years in the, uh, in the big leagues on a 40-man roster, and then he blew his arm out. It blew out four times. So. What
0: team did he play for?
1: He got drafted by the Diamondbacks and then traded to the A's and okay. finished, his con- finished his career with uh, Oakland. And then I have uh, Josh Van Meter. He played for me, and he's currently in the big leagues with Pittsburgh. Wow,
2: that's that really cool. Yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> that was really Josh cool. comes
1: into our building all winter long and hits and works out. And okay. So I see him often and wow. chat with him once in a while. I don't bug him, but right. like right now he's he's hurt, and I noticed he hadn't been in the lineup, so I asked, asked and I assumed he was yeah. hurt, and he's got some sort of broken finger or okay. something. Okay.
2: Now we see you here a lot. We, we see you here quite often. You and uh, Udi. Always oh, working on a diamond and everything, and uh, he's setting this place up real nice out there. Um, how often do you guys use our field?
1: A lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you probably don't see it because it's in the evenings, mm. but uh, most every day, Monday through Thursday, for sure, it's being used. Sometimes on the weekends, it gets used, but most of the time, our teams are playing in an event somewhere on the weekend, so they don't use this. But the way this started. In 86 or 87, when the hall opened, some guys from the plant went out there. We, softball was a big deal back then. We mm-hmm. were all young and could still play a little bit. Mm-hmm. And some guys went and put up a backstop and laid out a field just to practice on. Mm-hmm. And then when my I started this, no one, the, everybody had grown out of softball. Yeah. So the field just sat there. So I kind of took it and did a little more to it and a little more to it and every year we try to make it a little nicer. And last year I was out here, we had some grass in the infield that wouldn't grow. And I mean, this goes back to 86, 87, because it's farmland, you know, and it had (laughs) probably pesticides or whatever. (laughs) And uh, I had a a guy, a friend of mine come out, his name's Mark Worrell, he runs Visionscapes Landscaping in Fort Wayne. And I asked him, I said, what can we do to get this thickened up and a little nicer and he stood there for a while and looked around he took some notes and uh i thought he was writing down a estimate you know mm-hmm. and he comes up to me and he says you know my company's got to do a uh, we do a charity event community service event every year and he says how about if we just come out and we tear this up and we put new sod down dang you know level it and wow, get yeah. it so it drains better and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. That's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jumped on it. Yeah, so definitely. We, we kept setting dates because it was late. It was getting into the fall, and we kept setting dates, and then it would rain or something would right. happen. But what he did was we finally got a, a date that was going to work, and he brought his whole staff out. They shut the office down. They probably had about 40 people out wow. here. Wow. And they brought in a couple semis full of uh, sod. Cool. And uh, literally in one day.
2: Just knocked it out, huh? Wow, no, oh, the field looks great. Yeah, no, the field looks, right now looks great. Yeah, was there a reason to put the grass the way you guys did it now? Was it because it didn't grow? Is that why that sod is there in the middle now? No, what It we looks did. like there's more grass in there now.
1: Yeah, well, when you have dirt, you have maintenance. Mm-hmm. So I sodded the base paths okay. so that we had uh less chance to get lips because oh, that's okay. what happens on youth fields. Hey. Coaches get in a hurry after games and they uh they they don't take care of the field well enough. So, you know, the more dirt and grass you have, the more chance there is for dirt to be pushed into the grass and you you get a lip then. Mm-hmm. So we eliminated the base pads and uh made it the way it is now. I see. Yeah, it, looks, <clears throat> it looks good though. Yeah, it, it looks really, really, really nice. Good. Yeah, it turned out really Really good. Yeah. And, How
2: are you going to deal with the kickball tournament? <laughs> do they kind of mess up that grass a little yes, bit? <laughs> yes,
1: they do. Yes, they do. I hope that by the time they do that, it's you guys are... seat Well, seated. You know, Oh. I was concerned about it because every piece of sod is like four feet long, you know, mm-hmm. like 18 inches wide. And until it grows together, it's right. not done. Right. <clears throat> and we play on it. And it's been okay. Coaches have said it's, it plays well. Okay. So... Uh, the tournament
2: is not till September anyways, so hopefully. Uh,
1: and we got you know, we got Rick Uten involved. He comes out and monitors everything and makes sure everything's fine. He's got a son on our 10-year-old team. Okay. So if a team leaves it in bad shape after a game, Rick's usually the first one to tell me. You
2: yeah, know? he's out here all the time too. I yeah. see him all the time. <laughs> great guy, great guy. Oh, yeah. Very loud.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Always but, motivated, always uh, a lot of energy. <laughs>
1: Gotta have those guys, (laughs) you know. I mean, gotta appreciate that. Oh, yeah. We're watering it right now. And I went to put the sprinkler in. I couldn't even, I had to use a hammer to get it in. And I watered all last week. So it's drying and getting hard. And Mm -hmm. you just need to take care of it.
2: So I see you guys are utilizing the concession stand too now. Yeah. Is that benefiting you guys? Is that helping you guys raise more money now?
1: I don't know. I I don't know a dollar amount yet. Mm. But. It sure is nice for the fans that come out,
0: right, you know, yeah. to have
1: a concession stand because most games are, five thirty six o'clock start, so people are coming right from work, right, and they're hungry. You know, even a bag of popcorn goes a long ways. Mm-hmm. And I think at the beginning, it was at the beginning when the stand just became available. I came out here one night and fired up the grill and cooked up burgers and yeah. hot dogs and, you know, and. We fired up the music because uh, mm-hmm. we got wireless option now, and played a national anthem before the game, and had some music between innings. I like doing stuff like that. Yeah. Give kids a real feel for how it's supposed to be. Hmm. Yeah, That's pretty cool.
2: We used your concession stand uh, for the fireworks show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the education committee used your concession stand, or the concession stand, and uh, we left it. We left it in decent shape. We lost the key to. We lost the key to the concession stand. It was so busy. We didn't expect when that. When was
1: this? Because the other day I got a call and said, where's the key to the concession yeah. <laughs> stand? I, said, <laughs> I think I was in Nashville at the time. And I'm like, I can't help you. Oh, yeah. It was before that. Yeah, it was and, it's uh, gone.
2: We had all uh, was a the Pyromaniacs. Yeah. Yeah, they did a fireworks a, show and a concert thing.
1: That was, what's his name? Uh, Gary. Uh, yeah. Uh, used like, to be the coach of the commons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So I we not think of his last name, though. I Maybe. can't. I just,
0: I have it pulled up right here, actually. I can't look at it.
2: We were selling hot dogs and we, we didn't anticipate. Graham. That's Gary a, Graham. Gary yeah. Graham. Yeah. We didn't anticipate having so many people and had selling. How many people do you think showed up? We sold over 600 hot dogs. So is that right? Yeah.
1: Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Did you cook them on a roller or did you use a grill?
2: We on a roller. Okay. On the roller. We turned it. We turned it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Get them going, <laughs> huh?
2: We ran out. We had to go get some more, oh, and yeah. then wow. actually we we took some from you know the Little League that you guys had in the freezer. Oh, no, that's all but right. But we replaced
1: them. But, you know, um, I, I went geez. out and bought that stuff, and I'm like, all I care about is we break even, you know? Yeah. We yeah. pay back for what we spent, Right. Know, as long as people enjoyed it. And right. I think it's nice that people understand, one, that this is a union hall. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of negativity about unions, and I think this helps educate people that unions are about the community right. and not just about the you know, their business that they're involved in. And I think Holly's outstanding, you know, Mm -hmm. she's totally supportive of everything we do. I haven't always had that, you Mm -hmm. know, from, from union presidents and, you know, rich is rich. He's, you know, he's okay with everything. So as long as we got that and I got the support from the people inside, because we used to bring out a a porta potty because they didn't want us coming in here. Yeah. And, uh, Holly experienced the porta potty a few times and said, no, nah, we ain't doing that no more. <laughs> so that was a plus for us. So this year we've got inside bathrooms, you know, with yeah. running water and everything and a concession stand. So it's a huge gain, you know, and I, I appreciate it.
2: What the, I think the uh, the recreational committee, is it the Yeah, there's plans to build a little.
0: They want to do like a, a building with bathrooms yeah. and the concession yeah. stand. This is just in the meantime thing right yeah, now.
1: we. I've seen the plans, and I was involved in a meeting here, and I think right now permits, and the uh, septic system is the holdup. septic.
2: Yes. we always having a problem with the septic system. Yeah, There's always a problem with that. And
1: adding to it, I guess, isn't the answer. Uh, you, you were, have you
2: ever been here with, when the poop truck comes?
1: No. Mm-hmm. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, the stench. Woo. Is that right? Oh,
1: oh, I, I believe God. it.
2: Oh, my God. I, I was given a class before, a one on one class, and I, I just had to light all the place. I was just <laughs> like, I'm like, are you guys smelling that? I felt bad for the class, but they're yeah. like, oh, don't, don't worry about it, go ahead. Dang. And it was because it pulls up a little bit through the garage door. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it was, it was, it was bad.
1: Uh, I can imagine.
2: But hopefully we get it fixed, and, and because that'd be great use yeah. for you guys and for know. us for our, our tournaments and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to have, but I think they got to make it bigger.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. it's the original, right? Oh, whatever I'm sure it, 19, I'm sure it is. sure was 1985 or whatever when they built the hall, yeah. 1986, whatever.
2: Now, it's, it's a lot of our members, sometimes they come over, and you you said talked about the, re- the receptiveness of our membership. Some of them, see, they'll see a foreign car, and they'll be like, they get a little upset, and this and that. Yeah. So do I. Yeah, yeah but yeah. like you said, though, you, you're bringing these people in, and they're understanding more. And more sympathetic to unions, mm-hmm. and they see what we're, we're giving back and what we do, and how we're helping the communities. Right. So it's kind of a trade-off a bit. I mean, yeah, no one would like to see a foreign car in our our lot, but usually they park way in back, anyways, or across the street. But some
1: of them, the uh, yeah. the people in our program mm-hmm. know park across the street at the right. church, and there's a sign when you pull in, right. you know, so that you get fair warning. But going back to God, when I started this 1980, now I've been at 95, 96, 97. I had people pull up, drop their kids off with a Mercedes or an Mm -hmm. Audi or something like that. And I remember one day I went out there and someone came and told me, you know, from the union, came Mm -hmm. and told me you got foreign cars out there. And there's, you know, we were a lot more, we stood by that a lot more back then. And I went and told those people, and I got an earful, you know. (laughs) And, uh, but it is what it is. You know, you got rules to follow and we got rules here and follow them or don't come, drop your kid off and leave.
2: I do have to ask you though, because with Corona, when it first started and all that, how were the parents? Did you have any, a lot of problems with parents being more negative during games and being kind of, no, actually
1: when, when that hit, it was in March and you know, everything shut down, school shut down Mm -hmm. and We didn't really close our building we just told people to clean up when they leave, you know, and yeah, I actually You know the the school shut down the kids lost that season and I had some 17 year old kids contact me and say hey can we uh, Get our team together and come in the building. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Um, I Appreciated the leadership of these kids, you know, that's what I was looking at. They got it together and shoot it. I said, come on in. and They can all drive. And my only thing was, if your parents don't care, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I went in the day they had scheduled and everyone was there. There were 17 players there. And I went up and congratulated them for taking over and taking charge and you know, being leaders and having the initiative to do something. And we ended up carrying that over to uh, practicing well, I think we ended up with twenty four practices before we played a game because the parks opened up June fifteenth and parents were just at that time happy to be out and happy to be watching their kids they didn't i mean there was it was almost the opposite everybody was happy. I actually put together a league for young kids that year and I found the park in Markle let me. Let me go in there and use their field. Okay. And it was awesome because everybody was just in a much better mood. Mm. You've been cooped up for yeah, three months, you know. Yeah, that's what I was you know?
0: say. Now you get to be out, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: But that's kind of fizzled away. We're back to normal now, okay. you know, where parents got to learn to just appreciate things a little more. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I guess that's being nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I
2: heard on the news, I mean, you hear it on the news about umpires, a lot of them, oh, yeah. they don't want to do it anymore.
1: Young kids, they don't yeah. want to get involved. It's the same with coaching. I've yeah. talked to people about coaching, and really one of the first things I hear is, what are the parents like? Do I got to deal with the parents? Yeah, And, you know, I mean, a lot of times the parents are going to address you as a coach, so yeah, you'll have to deal with right. them. But we put in a 24-hour rule. After a game, you got if you're not happy, you got to wait 24 hours to contact either me or the coach, and we we go at it that way. Most of the time, it's a emotional thing. You yeah. Get, your emotions get high at the moment because one, your kid probably didn't play. Two, you probably got beat, and uh, that all creates a mm-hmm. a web and uh, gets emotions a little higher. So,
0: do you feel that that's helped kind of simmer things down a little bit?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, if they follow the rule, okay, and they understand the rule, some don't. Yeah, some don't read the contract, but yeah. uh, it's in there. And uh, for the most part, yeah, I don't get too many phone calls. Okay. Our coaches are are uh, pretty good guys at communicating, and I think that's usually the biggest thing is mm-hmm. you have to learn to communicate with parents and let them know ahead of time what the expectations are.
2: Do you have a lot of um, GM kids in your league?
1: Every now and then, um, yeah, you know, like. Rick Uten's sons in the league and are in the program, and so it depends on on the time. Like right now, I don't know if there's a lot of young parents in the plant. Right. But when I first started, yeah, we had uh, several when I first started the team, and a lot of it was because I knew the dads at work, mm-hmm. so I knew, and I you know we would talk, and next thing you know, they're playing for me.
2: Now, as a coach, though, because you say you started off with your son. Did you have a passion for the kids, or did you develop more of a passion for the kids? Because sometimes oh, it's, it's tough, but it takes a special someone to be able to deal with all those different types of kids, you know, different types of attitudes.
1: Kids are a blast. You love them, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, I've always said the best coaching job would be at an orphanage. Oh, really? Uh, That's, yeah. great. Now, That's great. No, I like being around kids. They're, uh, it's fun to watch them grow, mm-hmm. not only on the field, but off the field and mature. You do the, You get that by exposing them to better competition and to a stricter type of coaching i don't think you know i'm i've been doing this for over 30 years so i have my style i have what i do it is what it is Mm -hmm. and some can't handle it because i'm too demanding and some just eat it up yeah those are the kids that they usually end up going the furthest the ones that buy in what I get is college coaches telling me that when we get a kid from you, they don't have the deer in the headlight look. When they get here, they're ready, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I try to do. I try yeah. to provide them with being ready. That's right. real good.
2: That's real good. Yeah. That's why I like. I always liked you know, when the coach was more demanding, and it was just it was really his way. But then afterwards, you know, after practice and everything else, they'll have a, just a personal conversation with you. Right. They'll actually listen to what yeah. you said. But on the field, you had to listen to what they said yeah but then out the off the field, they're actually just say hey, let's have a, let's let's have a talk
1: and I think a coach has to develop a relationship with his players, and they have to know that you care right when they get that when you get that as a coach, you're pretty much in, on cruise control then hmm. and I always said when I coach teams, they're always high school age, so I have them June and July, okay. And I've always said I ride them hard in June so I can kick back in July. You
2: know? <laughs> I always say uh, a coach saved my life. So I always give kudos to coaches. Coaches are amazing. Yeah, it's,
1: it's I mean, a what? lot of work. People don't realize that there's more to it than just the game. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of planning that goes on. You're always thinking. Right. You know, it's not – if if you're a good coach, you're putting in a lot of time just up here, you know, just trying to – come up with different ways to reach kids. Because every kid's different. Right. There's some kids that you get in their case, and they're going to melt. And there's, so you have to be able to read that early. And there's other kids, if you don't get in their case, they're probably not going to grow. So you have mm-hmm. to figure them out early and go at it that way.
2: Interesting. What kind of are you, man? You going to melt? Are they getting in your case? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't,
0: well, that's what you brought up earlier. like. Buying in, like, if I know I'm getting good feedback and that my growth is in the best interest, then I'm perfectly fine with any criticism I get. But if I don't feel like that and I feel like I'm just getting nitpicked, then that's whenever I I don't yeah. handle it well. Yeah,
1: I think as a coach, you have to make sure you're not nitpicking. Right, and, and, right. You know, uh, micromanaging. mm mm-hmm. You know, kids got to be kids. You got to love them i say play. at
0: that age, too, yeah. they're really starting to feel like adults getting to that point where they feel they've grown, whether they have or not. But they feel like they are, especially with the 17-year-olds. But
2: but one last thing before we, we uh, end this, uh, the cancer fundraising that oh, you, yeah. you previously did. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little, little bit about that?
1: Well, we started out, gosh, it was probably around 2014 when I retired. I thought, you know, we need to do something to raise some money. And there was a lady I ran into and told her what we were going through. And I told, she told me, she says, you need to get involved with like boys and girls club or a cancer society or some sort of group that you could partner with and fundraise with. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I reached out to some people at Vera Bradley and we started running a, a baseball tournament for young kids in uh, Huntington at Holmeyer Park and we did it for like four years and it was a we had a good event going we started it with nine teams Mm -hmm. and then we ended it when we finally shut it down four years later we probably had 35-40 teams involved but what happened we always wanted to do it the first part of June because the rest of the summer is pretty chaotic for us okay so We'd do it the first part of June, and it never failed. It always rained. <laughs> and uh, that makes it hard, right. you know. especially with when you're dealing with younger teams that aren't used to that. They come from rec ball. And in rec ball, one, they didn't have tournaments. And two, they didn't realize that rains in rec ball. They just push the game back. Well, you don't have, when you run a tournament, you really can't push games back. You have to cancel games. And we got to the point where there was just too much complaining about not getting our games in. And we had no control over that. Right. Mm -hmm. So we got out of that and we went to a a golf tournament. Okay. So we're uh, still, we we don't use the uh, Cancer Society anymore. Right now we're using the money that we raise in our golf tournament as a scholarship fund to try to help a player that might be in need yeah, you know, oh, we're good. always looking for ways to I, – I, you know, it's expensive to play travel baseball compared to rec baseball, and that bothers me. I wish things weren't as expensive, and I wish we had, you know, some sugar daddy that would come around. <laughs> you know, like the, we, played a team nice. in, we, we played a team in Nashville this week, and they were really good. And the three coaches were all in the songwriting industry. Mm, Wow. So I'd imagine that money wasn't an issue there. Right. You know, but uh, it is here, and each kid has to pay. And I think it's a lot, so we're always trying to find ways to give them more for their money. Right. Um, We've just added a strength and conditioning program for the winter that Parkview Sports Medicine will be running. Okay. It's a 20-week program. All our kids go through it and it's about speed and agility and strength and conditioning and wow. eating right and taking care of yourself sleeping right all of that stuff is emphasized hmm.
2: now if our listeners want to reach out to you join your program their kid have their kids in your program how do they get in touch with you
1: uh, they can go on our website check that out first that's what i encourage so they know what they're getting into what is your website uh summitcitysluggers.com and then uh You know, if they need to go further, my email's on the website. They can get a hold of me. I think my my phone number might be on that website, too. Okay. And then you can reach out through the website also and send a message that way. Just
0: out of curiosity, how much is it per kid?
1: It depends on the age. Okay. The younger kids for the season, I think, it's like $1,500 this year. But our season is not just the baseball season. Okay. We'll have four weeks of training in in, uh, September okay then we jump into our speed and agility and then everybody in our program has 24 7 access to our building okay so a kid comes in he gets a code that he can punch in and Mm -hmm. get in the building and we have a automatic pitching machines they hit a button the machine comes Mm -hmm. on feeds baseballs to them it's pretty nice It's really nice i think it's well thought out yeah um took a lot of time and uh i took a lot of information from people and took advantage of a lot of like when we bought that building it was a it was a dump we redid the whole thing and for instance i had a estimate on new lights for twelve thousand dollars and we fell into a deal where aep was giving us go green thing i think they did it at in the plant too Mm -hmm. it changed out if you changed out old fixtures and put in led energy efficient they gave you a kickback well, our $12,000 bid turned into $5,000. That's
0: a massive difference.
1: So you know, that allowed us to have some extra money in the budget. And yeah. we, we, that's where the security system came in. We mm. used that money to put in the security system that allows us to give a kid a code so he can get in whenever he wants versus having an employee sit there and have the doors open. Right. I mean, I, it's nothing for me to look. And I, So what happens when they get a code is I get an email when they come in so I can go on the cameras and look and see who's in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I've had people in there at midnight. You know, high school kids, you know, they up at midnight and they feel like getting better. They come over and work <laughs> on their game at midnight. Wow. Well, Hopefully sleep better when they get home. Yeah, on. yeah.
0: All so, right. That's all I
1: have. Do you, have else? Do you got anything else before you go? No, no I appreciate everybody. you having me here. Oh, I'm no, anxious to hear how this turns out, you know. But <laughs> well, we
2: were always when we were doing our podcast, we were always seeing you back and forth and working on the field, we we're like, mm-hmm. well, who's this guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, no, him I'm glad you see? You yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, we're trying to make that better and keep it going and like I said, having the support from the union is is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, this makes things a lot easier. Yeah.
2: Well, Mark, thank you for uh, showing up and uh, being here with us today. Yeah,
0: thanks, thanks you appreciate so much. it, guys. It was great. Thank All you. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Have a great day.